0: This, 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 this is K- you. K-U-T. K-U-T, Austin.
1: Stop. I'm Jennifer Staten. Haven't we all seen couples in a restaurant or bar sitting at the same table with their faces in their phones? I wanted to find out more about why couples do that. So a little before Valentine's Day, I checked in with local psychotherapist and licensed professional counselor intern Janice Rockman and author and motivational speaker Rock Rockman, who happened to be husband and wife.
0: In a way, I mean, the benefit and the blessing of technology is that it it does connect us so much, but we've all become so heavily connected to our technology, we're disconnected to the actual human beings and inter- inter- human interactions around us. So, I mean, I think it's, in a lot of, in a lot of people's minds, it's like the great escape. It's yes. like, I don't have to have a conversation with you that I don't want to have right now. <laughs> I can step into an alternate reality.
2: It allows us to stay connected. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I think you become addicted to that connection. So you never want to let it go. It's always there. When you have an addiction, it's hard for you to put something away and put it down. So when you see people, for example, that are out on a date, their heads are down. They're not even engaging or looking in each other's eyes. Their heads are down. And even in some cases, they're communicating through their technology texting each other commenting on each commenting other's on posts, each other's posts right while the they're table. sitting right in front of each other cuz now we're constantly connected to our emails at work yeah. we're constantly connected to social media we're connected to our families that are thousands of miles away
0: uh-huh.
2: and so it's taking away that just human interaction.
0: And from a neurological standpoint, in all fairness, there's like a physiological aspect to it. There is a release of dopamine when we get that right. text back or that, or that like that heart or that share or that like or that comment. And that gives a sense of euphoria, but also from an identity standpoint, it also informs validation that so many of us are seeking. Right. That immediate gratification and validation. Presumably, if we're with someone that we care
1: about or like or are trying to get to know, all we would have to do would be to look right. it up. <laughs> exactly, and we could and really get couldn't to know we them. get some validation in person? We I mean, could
0: are we get some there? But we can't get it at high speed, and we can't get it from hundreds of people at one time. Right.
2: We got to go one person at a time.
1: I'm fascinated by that concept of the two people at the table on their smartphones or their devices commenting on each other's <laughs> posts and messages <laughs> right my intuition and my inclination is to sort of go "Ugh," and roll my eyes and say i can't <laughs> believe that that's right. so rude or that's so weird but if everybody is doing that is that still bad and rude and <laughs> right. weird or is right. that is that our new is normal
2: in a sense, it is the new norm, but just because everybody's doing it doesn't make it right. So we have to be begin to find a way to have some moderation. So I think we have so much stimulation now. We can log on to Netflix. We can binge watch an entire episode <laughs> or, a, or an entire season of a show. We live in this microwave society. Everything is within our grasp at a moment's instant. Where do we find the time to say... Like you said, put down the phone and look up and look in each other's eyes. Yeah. When do we find the time to do that?
0: And traditionally, I think our culture only thought about addiction in terms of, like, substance abuse. Right. We know, like, alcohol. We know that certain narcotics, you know, um, things like that. But there are behavioral addictions as well. And science and psychologists, we still haven't seen what the long-term outcome right. or, or fallout may be. From- and
2: I could see a diagnosis of put your phone away for 24 (laughs) hours 48 hours because it also affects the frontal lobe of the brain too much screen watching affects the frontal lobe and the frontal lobe is connected to thoughts actions You know, decision-making, right? So then if we're impacting that frontal lobe and it's not fully developed in a man until 25 years old. So you have all this time of screen watching. It affects your thinking. So I could see the future. Yeah. So I could see the future of this where people are diagnosed with. You have a technology addiction. It's
0: not a DSM yet. And my prescription
2: for you is. To have a technology-free day yeah. for an entire weekend, which is one of the things that my wife and I incorporated, we spent some time where we would do technology-free days. We would take we a Sunday. We've been for about seven or eight years now. Yeah, we Tech would take like a, a Sunday or a Saturday or a day in the week where we would just put our phones down, turn the TVs off, pull out some board games with our children, and learn how to interact.
1: So you're both sitting here. So obviously (laughs) you survived (laughs) the (laughs) technology set aside. What was it like? to set aside the devices
0: and electronics. How was it? I mean for me honestly I knew that I had a bit of a dependency issue when it bothered me. (laughs) Right. Like when I felt like uneasy or like oh I just want to like pick up that phone or look at it. You know that's why sometimes even like at the dinner table we have a thing with the children no electronics there. Don't even turn them over because they're still there. It's almost like there's this other present force. But once I got beyond the the discomfort of it and even figured out what the discomfort was about. Oh my gosh. It was just so. It was a breath of fresh air.
2: Yeah. We actually started interestingly enough in our social media
0: our, <laughs> we've used uh, social media to <laughs> we've talk used about social media balancing to it. talk about so we
2: would regularly post hey take a technology free day
0: yeah put join everything us.
2: away hey join this challenge the technology free yeah. challenge And we had some really great responses from people where they were more connected. They had better time with their children, better time with their families. It was amazing.
0: In our own family life, I think it has definitely been beneficial for us. The children don't feel like they have to fight for their time. Mm -hmm. Um, When they're talking to us, we're not like a split between, you know, well, let me just get this last email out or whatever it may be. And they're not gaming and stuff. So they have to actually get to know each other (laughs) and get creative and build log, log cabins and forts and tents and that kind of stuff.
1: So we've been talking a lot about the aspect of this that that mirrors or certainly looks like an addiction. The part of this landscape where we do sort of fall into addictive patterns and behaviors, what exactly is it that we're addicted to? Is it the fast and constant flow of information? Is it literally holding something in our hands? Do we know yet sort of what Part of it is actually kind of
0: gripping us, yeah, I mean, I think so, you know, and I think that there's definitely a clear definition between dependency versus addictions, and what is that difference so so if you're dependent on something, you rely on it each day. Um, you expect it. It may bring you comfort, help bring clarity or resolution throughout your day. If it's an addiction, it actually begins to impact your your function, your normal function in life. So if it's getting in the way of you studying or focus, concentration in, in the way of school or work, then you know that you may have an addictive pattern going. And I think that we are in some ways dependent on and drawn to the ritual of it, almost like yes. a person that smokes, like picking up right. that cigarette and lighting it. They're like, it's as it's much about, ro-. <laughs> with the technology, it's as much about rolling out of bed and picking up that phone and right. gosh, you check your weather, you check your email, you have your alarm clock Everything on here, your phone is on here. It's almost like forming a relationship. And they're figuring
2: out, <laughs> and, and with every with every new device that they create, they're figuring out ways to add more things so that it's kind of a one-stop, one-stop shop. One-stop shop, yeah. Everything is right there on your phone. Everything is there. And so... You know, you never have to put it down.
0: And, you know, most of us, when we feel uncomfortable or feel stressed, we're designed in a way, you know, we have that fight, flight, or free, freeze reaction. But then after that, we want to figure out how can we cope. So for some people, maybe it is a way of, st- of, of coping with stress or anxiety. Or for some people, it's like, I don't feel really fabulous mm-hmm. or charismatic in the real world. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on online or right. when I'm gaming, I do. So it may be a coping mechanism. What's sourcing it for each person may be a little right. different.
2: And, and then it also allows you to hide behind what I call the iron curtain. In front of the curtain, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz effect. There's something going on behind the curtain. But in the front, you can see that, hey, I've got a beautiful life. Folks post the best pictures, the best videos. I'm happy. I'm joyful. Everything is great in my life. But what's behind the curtain? We really don't know what's behind the curtain, what a person is really going through. And then what that does for someone on the outside looking in, you think it makes you more depressed because you think I'm looking at a person. Their life is perfect. I must suck because you know what? They <laughs> yeah. just got that new this or that new that or whatever new doohickey gid- yeah. gadget that's out there. But then you don't know what's behind that iron curtain. And there's always something. So it kind of takes away the realness of life. Yeah. And it ca- kind of creates this this surface mm-hmm. type of relationship. And then it creates this false reality. Yeah. Where you think something is real, but it's really not.
0: One of the things we recommend to bring a little balance is if you're on social media, get on there and post your thought, your idea, your picture, and then get off. Don't scroll through and voyeuristically uh, peruse through different people's pages because it does have an effect on your overall mood. What is the impact of
1: of our usage of this technology? And I'm careful to say that instead of the technology itself because the technology itself is benign but it's how we use it is where we get into trouble it's an inanimate object (laughs) right (laughs) yeah what is the impact that all of this has then on on our relationships i guess both the fact that we can get into addictive patterns but also that it it puts us in this weird situation of wanting to create a persona and that's, right. the, that's the person we put out there but that's yeah. not the real us what is all of that doing to our relationships
2: so i think it has positive and negative aspects because you know you have apps out there dating apps which are great ways to meet new people uh but then you know because people create this image and and don't get me wrong. People in just regular life interaction, when you first meet someone, and there are five stages to a relationship. You have the romance and infatuation stage, where you just love this person, like they're putting their best foot forward. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go out on the you date, you're your opening right. You send How your representative. Your, you're your opening the self. door for her. <laughs> you know, and everything is just blissful, right? But then you have the next stage, which is the changing stage. And you begin to say, okay, I like this person, but I wish this was different or I wish that was different. And you start to do a little bit of give and take. Then you go into the third stage, which is the connection stage. You begin to say, okay, I accept this person for who they are. They've molded. And you know what? We really have a great connection. I think this is the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with is when you usually get to that stage, right? Then there's a fourth stage of the dialing or what if stage. You've been together for a while, but then you wonder, is this the person that I thought I was supposed to be with? Or what if I never met them, would my life be different? What if, man, were we supposed to have gotten married or are we supposed to be together? You start to question that, right? Whether you meet through technology or you meet just in a regular human interaction, you're gonna go through all of these stages and you're gonna have your bumps and and ups and downs. But if you can make it through that, Then you get to the last and final stage, which is I call the spiritual or there was something that you said um,
0: synergy, the
2: synergy Mm -hmm. phase where you realize it's like you just become one and you're totally connected. You're totally soulmates and you totally have this deep understanding of each other and you accept each other unconditionally. Right. But you really have gotten to that point to where you really know that person. And that's where you really see a long lasting relationship. Mm-hmm. So the problem with technology
0: I over-usage, think, that is. or mm-hmm. over usage,
2: that mm-hmm. is because, like I say, they're positive and negative. Yeah. But the negative side is it takes you, I think, a little bit longer to know the real person
0: and to work through those five stages and to that's work a great through point. those five stages. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: So it's very important to make sure that, you know, whether, you know, if you are you know, engaging with someone through uh, some sort of technology device or, you know, social media. It's important that you really get to know that person for who they are. Mm -hmm. That way you can really know if you're going to have a lasting relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm imagining there are couples where one of them uses and relies on technology more than the other, and there's not a balance there. And you all have talked about some ways to bring balance to this. (laughs) How do you know if that is an insurmountable problem in a relationship. If there's one, one partner who just can't put the phone down during Mm -hmm. dinner or can't stop texting or checking Uh Facebook, how do you know when it gets to a real level of questioning, do I stay? Do we try to work through this or is it time to go?
0: Yeah. I mean, we've seen excessive gaming breakup relationships, you know? (laughs) So one thing that Rock was saying earlier today, though, he's like, if it's a technology that you feel like is causing a breakup, that's not really what it's about. There's probably some core issues going on. Right. It's just a symptom. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Someone gaming too much or on their phone too much. Right. And you say, OK, is this the person that I want to be with? I want to leave this person because they're too engaged in something else. There's probably a root to that problem. If someone is is too far gone where they're not engaging you at all in a relationship, you really can't just blame it on the technology. It's probably some depression there. Maybe there's probably something that they're hiding from. Can you strip down those barriers Mm -hmm. and get to the core of what's really going on with that person? Because I think if you're in a loving relationship, it's a give and take. You can't change anyone. But Mm -hmm. here's what's interesting. But you have to be willing to change.
0: And I, I would say definitely like probably to just like anything else, if there was like um, addictive behavior or an over-dependency of something that's imbalancing the relationship to try and give it some time to courageously and clearly ask for what it is that you need. Right. And then if you can try and set up some boundaries, you know, like get an old-fashioned alarm clock and plug it in so it's not right mm-hmm. next to your bed. Yeah, you know? Yeah, because we, we had a rule at one point.
2: <laughs> we could not bring any phones, computers, yeah. uh, any technology the into the bedroom. It could not go past the door we also took a whole year off took where we we took an entire year off with grief. no cell phones and people thought we were <laughs> when we crazy. tell people that
0: they almost look like yeah, they're matter pass f- out. <laughs> as a matter of fact
2: the phones that we have now we just got we like just over the past few weeks phones. before that we had no phones we had a home landline. yeah and I remember, and then I, we had, a,
0: and then we got a flip phone, but we actually had to get directions and look right. At maps like I or... actually
2: had to print. Someone laughed at me uh, a few months ago because I printed directions off of MapQuest, and they were like, "What is your problem, buddy? Like, are you kidding me right now?" But we just decided that we wanted to completely disconnect, right? And it was probably one of the most beautiful yeah. things that we've ever done. I read amazing. more books in that year than I have in any other year. My wife and I connected in ways that is just unimaginable. Yeah. It was just a beautiful thing. And, you know, I don't know if other people out there can say, I'll take a year off, <laughs> you know?
1: Maybe start with a day. <laughs> yeah. Maybe your day's suggestion <laughs> is like free day. <laughs> day. We'll start yeah. with a day and maybe we can right. make it to a year. But I'd love to hear your thoughts about what you think about the future Ooh. of all of this. And what made me think about that is, you know, folks our age did not grow up with this technology. We are not technology natives. We didn't have phones from the very beginning. But our children, younger folks, are growing up in a time when that's a part of their lives from as long as they can remember. And it's a part of how they learn to be with others and form relationships. And I'm wondering if you can sort of forecast a longer-term impact, I guess, Mm. Sort of for society mm-hmm. at large about what it will mean for relationships going forward as we have more and more generations of folks who this is all they know.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think that advances in technology. Will benefit us, and that um, more people of younger generations will sort of have access to information um, and opportunities to connect with people globally in a way that wow. they could never do that That's before. Good. And they can also train and become specialized in things that they maybe would have had to, maybe perhaps couldn't afford to do, but they mm. can access those kinds of things academically and educationally. You know, resources online. Um, I think the other side of that is that I do sit down and I see a lot of clients um, on my couch. That That have severe like social anxiety issues because they say I'm fine online or like if I date online, I can do that. But if I see somebody at the store or library that I would like to talk to or go out on a date with, I will not say a word. So I think that it does it is affecting self-esteem and identity in a way Mm -hmm. that maybe it hasn't in previous um, generations. Yeah, And I,
2: I think there's a good chance that we can become a virtual society. And what I mean by that is everyone lives virtually. You live through your app. You live through your phone. You live through your social media page. in what I like to call a head down society. <laughs> a head down society is a bunch of people walking around with crossing their heads the down. Streets, crossing the streets, like I saw the yesterday, street.
0: waiting out of the stoplight with right. their head down. Just look
2: around. The next time you're in a grocery store, the next time you're in a public place, look at how many heads are down. Next time you're in a restaurant, look at how many heads are down. And that's only going to increase. There definitely be some benefits like Janice suggested, but I think, you know, there's a possibility we could live in a head down society and I could see some movements, which I think Janice and I could definitely spearhead is, you know, let's put our heads up. Let's hold our heads up high. You know, there was a time and you don't hear this as much where they would say, hold your head up high, be proud, you know, stand up strong, stick your chest out. When was the last time you heard someone say that? You don't hear anyone say that anymore, anymore. right? Because everybody's head is down, is stuck in their phone, is stuck in a computer, is stuck in a cell, I think is, you know.
0: So just raising awareness about it and having conversations, because sometimes just the fact that we can be aware is so much in terms of prevention.
2: Yeah, because, you know, we have to teach our children how to ride bikes. We have to teach them how to change clothes and put a shirt on and tie shoes. We can also teach them how to have balance in their life.
1: Rock and Janice Rockman, thank you so much for coming in and for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for having us.